Radio advertising is good. Why should you advertise on the Tam Talk Radio Network, AM 1340? Well, it's simple. We are a local radio station with local shows that target our local communities and local listeners. We have a variety of shows that cover a multitude of informative and interesting topics, such as automotive and boating, real estate and finance, health and medical, politics and law, sports and fishing, pet care, and more. While we are even home to Imus in the Morning, we also have shows about comedy, food and dining, religion, fashion, local community events and activities and a variety of music. Talk radio provides a listening format that appeals to a large cross-section of people. Whether you are in your car, at work, at home, everyone has a radio. And we are streamed live on the Internet. And past shows are podcasted so you, the listener, can play back your favorite shows over and over again. The possibilities are endless. So that, my listeners, is why you should advertise on the Tam Talk Radio Network, AM 1340. This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Let me tell you about my company, Gulfstream Motorsports, Inc. 727-541-1741. I have over 35 years' experience with classic, vintage sport and racing cars. I do appraisals, consulting, and pre-purchase inspections. Before you buy your next rare classic, the car of your dreams, give me a call at Gulfstream Motorsports, Inc. 727-541-1741. Also, due to my 28 years' experience in the auto salvage business, I am very good with wrecks. So if your car has been in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call me at 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for lost value of your repaired vehicle. That's Gulfstream Motorsports, Inc., 727-541-1741. And be sure to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Wednesdays, 7 to 8 p.m. on the Tantalk Radio Network, AM 1340. If you like golf, enjoy affordable golf at Magnolia Valley Golf Club, located on Massachusetts Avenue in Newport Ritchie. Play for as little as $15 after 2 p.m. The club has two beautiful courses to choose from, an 18-hole championship par 72 plus another nine-hole executive par 33. Join their open leagues on Wednesday afternoons at 4 and Sunday mornings at 8. Call 727-847-2342 for tee times or visit their website, magnoliavalleygolfclub.com. Welcome. You are tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Hey, we got a great show for you tonight. And as usual, we got some cool music. And we have a very special guest tonight. Uh, given that we just had the uh, 24 hour race, this gentleman's been there a few times. Hey, by the way, check us out at our new time now. We're, at, uh, we're on Wednesday still, but we're from 8 to 9, okay? And then, of course, you can always run to your uh, computer. And uh, Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us streamed live on the Internet, okay? And don't forget, if you need to email us, email us at GolfstreamRadio at gmail.com. That's GolfstreamRadio at gmail.com. And also check out our Facebook. And uh, so let's see. That's uh, kind of the, the basic rundown. How are you doing today, Lee? I'm, uh, I'm sick, man. I have a cold. You have a cold? Yeah, oh. I'm a, I have a like, nasty virus. Okay, well, so we I'm like want... half dead. Okay, well, you're on the other side Just of the room there, know. so I don't have to but worry about it. But the radio's fun. So. Radio's a blast. By so, the way, we had so a good... So I'm actually having fun right now, even though I... Like, <laughs> you know, at, at death's <laughs> door. All right. We had a good show last week, didn't we? Yeah, really those, good. Those are pretty I like cool your, guys. Your, your guests were some really astute... Uh, car guys. Car guys. One yeah. guy from Ford working on the... Uh, on the uh, prototype, prototypical engines, uh, uh-huh. prototypical engines. Well, and, uh, prototype engine, but now, now production engines. Now the five zero and the uh, six seven yeah, diesel. Yeah, so the, the, he was a heavy hitter, and then uh, and then the other Brian Fuller's got his own TV show as well, and he's a custom car builder. Yeah, I was really, I was really impressed. Yeah. Okay, what do we got? Let's and fire they, and, and they, they they were young too. You know, they're in their forties. Young guys, young in the forty. Yeah, younger than us. Is that? Oh yeah, big time. Big time. Mm-hmm. Okay, they got we got to beat by ten years though. But hey, you know, there's a... Uh, 20 a, for me, right? 20. <laughs> All right, let's get that tape deck going again. And let's go uh, shift some gears and roll out of the pits. Tantalk Radio and Cars. 
within. Smiling faces, smiling faces sometimes. They don't tell the truth. Smiling faces, smiling faces tell lies. And I got proof. Listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'd like to tell you about Naughty Nancy. No, this isn't a story about a bad girl. This is a truth about a great place to eat and hang out. Naughty Nancy's Food Shack, located at 700 Eldridge Street in the downtown Clearwater area, is a quaint little place nestled under some huge oak trees serving great food and drink and a wonderful, friendly atmosphere. That's Naughty Nancy's, 727-446-3717. They have 10 daily specials as well as many different styles of cooking from Cajun, New England, Country Gourmet, and even Short Order, prepared just the way you want it. So check out this groovy little dew drop in right on the trail. So jog up to our front door, ride up on your bicycle, drive up in your car, or pull up on your motorcycle, and visit my friend Nancy and place your order. That's Naughty Nancy's, 727-446-3717. Hey, mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars and you might get a free drink. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'd like to tell you about a great pizza shop right here in downtown Clearwater, Bro's Pizzeria, voted number one in the city of Clearwater. They're located at 547 South Fort Harrison Avenue. They have great New York-style pizza, as well as delicious lasagna, spaghetti and meatballs, manicotti, linguine. And if you're in the neighborhood for lunch, they have great hot and cold sandwiches and appetizers. So call 727-441-6025 for takeout and deliveries, or stop by for a veal parmesan dinner and a nice glass of vino. That's Bro's Pizzeria. Check out their website and watch my friend Olti create a spectacular pizza before your very eyes. What would you like on your pizza? Call Bro's Pizzeria, 727-441-6025. That's 727-441-6025. And tell them Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. I guess we're live, and you are tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars at our new time, 8 o'clock. We got some groovy sound effects. Actually, we played those last week, didn't we, Lee? 
Yeah, but I mean, they're so good. They're uh, so good, you got to play them over and yeah, over and yeah, over. Yeah, you got to play them again. Yeah. I don't think people are complaining, you know. I don't no. think we'll get any calls. Hey, can you stop playing the bullet uh, <laughs> soundtrack, guys? I yeah. was getting a little old. I couldn't believe nobody guessed that last week. We didn't get any. I got two emails, and they were both wrong, so... But anyway, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll play that one again uh, in the future. We'll do another uh, down the road. When well, everybody kind of forgets, we'll do another trivia yeah, question. This was like the car chase that when you were, you know, 12 years old, it got your juices Yeah, made you want to run out got and get your a car. hormones. Yeah, that was it. This pumped is the, up. Is the car chases a car chases. I mean, you just wanted to go out and you, you want to wait till your parents were in bed, get the keys and go see if you could kind of like, duplicate like, it with the... With the T Dad's T Bird or with something. With Dad's Thunderbird, exactly. <laughs> okay, anyway, hey, I want to uh, say uh, a big hey thanks to uh, the guys over at Meekum Auctions. They had the big uh, auction over there this weekend, and I was fortunate enough to go over there on Wednesday, and they had some amazing cars over there. Actually, you know, the values, the prices were all over the board. I mean, some of the stuff was high, some of the stuff was low, some of the stuff was in the middle, but for the, for the most part, the values are pretty consistent, and surprisingly, in today's economy, uh, the cars are holding up pretty strong. I would say that uh, the values are probably within 25%, 30% of what they were probably two, three years ago. And uh, so that was pretty good. I mean, they had uh, the Dragon State Cobra, which was uh, which sold for like s- around 800000 That was probably a million-plus car, so that's within 20%. Um, they had some Hemi cars that were a couple hundred grand uh, a few years ago, sold around the mid-100 range mid-150, 170, so uh, you know, that's probably took a little bit of a hit. Um, some of the, your your uh, GM, your Chevelles, your four, uh, 450 horse LS6 Chevelles, some of those cars were probably in the uh, uh, eh, they were in the high hundreds, you know, low high, under 100, but again, depending on uh, the niceness of the car, and probably some of the, there was some pretty unique stuff over there, and uh, I mean, they had everything. They had foreign cars, they had domestic cars, they had race cars, drag cars. Grumpy Jenkins Camaro went through there. Uh, 300000 for the Camaro, didn't sell, but uh, they did some uh, magic, I think, after the show. Uh, Bill, or uh, Bob Glidden's uh, Pinot Bean, it went for close to 300000 one of my favorites over there. Of course, I remember watching that car race back in the day. So it was a pretty good, pretty good event, and I urge everybody next time when they uh, when the big event shows up here and they've got 15, 16, 1700 cars to uh, make a trip over there to the Meekum Auto Auctions. It was a great show. Thanks, Sharon. Thanks, Tom, and thanks, Dana. Um, also on Sunday, I went to the Deborah Kaiser Show in Sarasota. That was pretty cool down there at the. Uh, Sarasota Square Mall, a thousand cars were there, or better. I'm not even sure. All I know is it was so packed this year that I couldn't even get a parking space. I had to go to the other side of the mall. So, uh, and we were there, and it usually starts like around nine o'clock, nine till about, uh, oh, I'd say probably three o'clock. They start kind of rolling out of there. But just some amazing cars. Again, turn of the century stuff to uh, stuff that just rolled off the assembly line. Just an amazing array of cars, and just. Spectators, spectators like you wouldn't believe. I mean, the place was jam-packed. I mean, there was more people out there in the parking lot checking out the cars than there were in the mall shopping. So definitely put that on your list to, uh, of events to go visit and see next year. And uh, that's, a, that's a super show. Also, I want to say special thanks to my friends over there at Cop Cars Online. Uh, special thanks to uh, John and Mark. Hey, if you guys need a really cool squad car to cruise around in, you might want to give these guys a call. They're over here in Largo. They have some of the nicest squad cars. Their number is 727-536-2677. That's 727-536-2677. Also, it's uh, open mic night at Naughty Nancy's tonight, so be sure and bring your uh, your instruments over there, your tambourine, your uh, sticks, your uh, whatever you got, your guitar, your ukulele, and, uh, and your voice. And... Uh, have a good time over there at Naughty Nancy's, okay? That's off of uh, the trail here, right behind the radio studio. We're about a quarter of a mile north of Drew Street, right on the trail. That's 700 Eldridge, and her number is 446-3717. So that's Naughty Nancy's, and it's live open mic night. Now, for some of the upcoming events, hey, we got the HSR race at Sebring coming up on the 12th of February. The, don't forget the Daytona 500 is coming up on the 20th. Uh, our friend Jerry Mullins has his special private uh, really cool car show. It's coming up this weekend on the 5th, and uh, that's down here in Pinellas Park. Phone number is 813-267-7932. 813-267-7932. That's Jerry Mullins' car show. Hey, there's going to be food, there's going to be drink, there's going to be bands, and a lot of cars. Okay, so check that out. Also, on Sunday's Webster, don't forget Sumter County. You got that. So for all you uh, parts junkies like me, we're going to be heading out there at 6 o'clock. See if you can beat me there. And if you see me walking around with my little tip jar, be sure and uh, 
throw a few coins in there for uh, to donate to keep the radio show on the air. And of course, if you want to sponsor, you know, feel free to give us a call here at uh, the. Well, actually, you can call me 727-541-1741, 727-541-1741, or email me at golfstreamradio at gmail.com. That's golfstreamradio at gmail.com. Also, hey, I think this Friday, I've never been to this, but. Uh, their first Friday in Palmetto. It's uh, held at Slick's Garage, okay? And uh, he's having, like, a big car show. It's got, like, a big street party. Phone number down there is 941-776-7298. That's 941-776-7298. Slick's Garage, first Friday. That's this Friday down there in Palmetto. Huge, huge, huge show. Hey, you know, Lee? I think I got. I'm, I'm smelling some rubber. So those t- those cars must be out front here, drag racing up and down this street. You know, <laughs> not to mention my ears. Now that would be a good publicity stunt, don't you think? I think that'd be really drag public. races down Aldridge. Aldridge and yeah, over the hump. I over mean, the they hump. could get seriously airborne. Get some air. Yeah, get some air. No question about you know, that. You know, probably. You know. Well, you know what we're going to do? I'm going to get Jeff from Jeff's Jeep Yard down here. We're going to have a big mud party out here. So we got to wait till the rainy season comes, and then mud we'll- party. Yeah, oh yeah, we'll just get all these, our, our buddy, our redneck buddies out here with their big 4x4 Fords and Jeeps, and let's, uh, you'll really hear some noise out there, because they'll uncap them babies and just be slinging mud all over the place. We'll have to get out should front def- and wash the building. Should definitely uh, attract some attention. Oh yeah, absolutely. We're going to have an open mic night, too, and we'll do, the, we'll do a live remote from Natty Nancy's. So, uh, anyway, oh yeah, hey, I want to say thanks to, like I said, last week we had the, uh, we had Brian Fuller and Kevin Bird from Two Guys Garage, and uh, those guys, that was a pretty good show. And then uh, over there, they're over in Tampa, they film here once a month, and uh, Truck U and Two Guys Garage is filmed here in Tampa, and uh, the guy next door has a really cool shop. I want to say special thanks to uh, Cecil Taylor, he's kind of an old... He's a metal beater in in, uh, in uh, slang terms, and uh, he stamped me out a really cool little piece of uh, metal about the size of a license plate with uh, has Ford on it, has the Ford logo on it. It was really cool, so I want to thank Cecil for doing that. And uh, he used to build those uh, reproduction woody bodies, and he would build those things from scratch. Now, he's kind of semi-retired, and he still tinkers around in his garage, but I was able to roam around in there, and he just had an amazing thing. If Pickers, if the guys from Pickers were down here, and of course, we don't want to give out our, divulge our secrets, but if they were here, they would go nuts in that building because he had some amazing stuff. But uh, rest assured, he's going to keep that stuff for a while, and it's uh, so you can go over there and check it out. You can look at it, but he's not selling anything right now. And, of course, if he does, I told him that I would be interested, and I've got first dibs. Anyway, what do we got ready to uh, – what's on that tape deck this time? Well, it's uh, Get Ready by Rare Earth. Oh, that's a good song. All right, folks, get ready because we got a super guest coming on. This guy's going to give us a play-by-play on the 24 Hours of Daytona that was just this past weekend. So this is going to be really, really. It's going to be a cool show. I'll be able to ask some questions, get some questions answered about the uh, 24 hour hour race that I have uh, yet to uh, get answered. So anyway, let's roll it. Whenever 
Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radiant Cars. I'd like to tell you about a great place to eat right on the main part of Clearwater Beach. Located at 333 South Gulfview Boulevard. Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill has two floors of food, drink, and fun. They have daily specials, happy hour, nightly entertainment. Their menu caters to seafood lovers as well as land lovers. Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill, 727-608-2065. They're open in the morning for breakfast until 1 a.m. So stop by and visit my friends, Turtle, Eddie, and Polly, and all the girls and staff at Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill. That's 727-608-2065. Mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and you never know, you might get a free drink. That's Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill on Clearwater Beach, 727-608-2065. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Racing's important to men who do it well. And you're racing and... It's life. Anything that happens before or after. Just waiting. Okay, folks, you are tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We are back, and I believe we have our guests on the line as our special guest this evening. Hurley Hayward, are you there? I sure am. Hey. Hey, did you catch that little bit I did from the uh, Steve McQueen movie, Le Mans? Yes, I certainly did. I played that for you because I figured you could appreciate that because it's all about racing, right? That's absolutely right. Well, anyway, so how you doing? How was, uh, how was the 24-hour race? Well, it was uh, a pretty spectacular race, actually. Uh, the, the weather was fa- fabulous. The uh, the crowd was was huge, biggest crowd in the history of the 24 hours. So, uh, and we were we ha- our car was sensational. This was the uh, the first year in many years that we entered into the GT class with a brand new uh, 911 uh, GT3 Cup car and uh, painted up in the traditional Brumos red, white, and blue colors that looked great. And we led for um, a lot of hours, six hours uh, of, of the race during the night, and we just had a, an unfortunate incident. Um, we hit a, uh, a tire c- uh, carcass that was on the r- road during the night, and it, it punctured the uh, water radiator in the front. And it took a long time to fix that, and we we uh, lost the lead and, and uh, fought our way back uh, to to fifth place. We finished fifth in the race, so it was uh, in some disappointing that we didn't win. But we we know that we've got a good car to to run for the championship. Well, that's super. And then I was talking to you off air, and you've got what about ten races this year that that car is going to compete in? Correct? Yeah, I think the uh, t- total uh, uh, count for the series is uh, fourteen races. So. Daytona is at the you know the, is the most important one, but that's uh, you get that out of the way at the beginning of the year, and then all the rest of the races, with with the exception of the six hours at Watkins Glen, are short uh, two hour races. Two so, three hours. are those often referred to as like sprint races, or yeah, are they... those are those are the sprint races. Okay, and. Uh... So the Daytona, does that kind of like set the tone for the rest of the year? I mean, you know, like uh, how the guys are going to do and how they compete. I mean, the, the competition is going to be and the morale and everything like that for the whole year. Is Daytona like the – It's it, it really is the the race of races here in the United States, wouldn't you say? Yep, absolutely. And, sir, and, and you're right. It kind of sets the, you know, the benchmark on uh, who's going to be strong and, and who the main competition is going to be because we have, we can look at everybody and we look at them in a lot of different 
ways, like, you know, how good is a crew, how, how good is the car being serviced, you know, all those things we're, we're t- keeping track of with, with all the teams. So it kind of gives us a window uh, to look and see, you know, where the main competition is going to be. But the way, the way these, this GT stuff is turning out, the, you know, we're going to have a lot of guys that are going to be very competitive. The Mazda teams are, are quick. The, the Camaro teams are quick. The BMW is quick. Um, the sleeper, you know, Ferrari's coming in with the Italia, um, which is going to be really a nice car, and, and, and that's going to be quick. So there's a lot of stuff out there that's going to be, uh, uh, you know, major competition for us. And we're the only manufacturer, really, other than other than Ferrari, and Ferrari's, you know, got a carbon fiber chassis, but we're the only ones that run an actual production platform. Uh, just like a regular 911 that you buy in a sh- in a showroom, uh, that's the that's the, the platform that we run on. All the rest of the cars are tube chassis cars. Well, then, okay. So, in other words, like you were talking about earlier, we were talking about the Camaro and the and the BMW. Is the BMW a tube chassis car too? I, yeah, I believe it is. Okay. So, in other words, we were talking earlier too, and now the, basically this is considered the Grand M series, and there's only two classes now. You have a GT class, and you basically have a prototype class, correct? Correct. Yep. Okay, so it, 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 simpl- it simplifies it for the fans. Um, you know, I, I look at other series, and there's so many different classes of cars, all looking kind of like each other, but but separated by performance uh, windows. And in in Grand Am, there's just two classes: a prototype class and a GT class. And all the GT cars run um, for the overall win. So you got all the manufacturers: BMW, Ferrari. Mazda, Chevrolet, Porsche, everybody's in there running for the overall win. Now, how do you, what's your take on the whole thing? I mean, do you kind of like that? Does that, does, if you just have two classes, now it makes the, let's say, for example, you're in a GT class, prototype's a little different story, but with a GT class, now you have to, it basically, you know, if you're, you can't, if you have like the the ALMS series, for example, and they've got multiple classes in that. So, in other words, if your team has a limited budget, it's basically in a, let's say like a lower class. But now that you've got uh, just two classes, in order for all the cars to be competitive, and let's just say Porsche is the the the, the leader, that kind of sets the standard. That basically forces uh, forces the hand of basically all the all the other competitors, doesn't it? When you say that, would be kind of like a fair statement. Well, I think that Grand Am does a good job in policing the performance window of all the different manufacturers, mm-hmm. and the you know the result is just like we saw at Daytona just now, uh, that a field that is very competitive. I mean, if you took the if you took the first uh, twelve cars that qualified, they qualified less than a second off of each other, and so that's pretty good. And so. When you have a, a field that is that competitive, uh, and, I, and I think the first five cars were separated by less than five-tenths of a second. So that's, that's a pretty good, uh, and, and you, in, within that group, you had uh, Camaro, a Porsche, and a um, BMW within that five, five less than a less than a half a second of each other. So well, that's pretty good because that's pretty competitive right there, you know, And because uh, ordinarily you wouldn't think the Camaro would be that competitive. Um, BMW, you know, same thing, but, uh, you know, and then, of course, Porsche is as is, is advanced as they are. Um, now, this is what? Is the, so the 24-hour race averages what, about uh, 2,000, 2,500 miles or something like that? What, I mean, if you, the, if you were to add the mileage in terms of the distance during that 25, 24-hour duration, what does it equate to approximately? Well, you know, the this year I think the winning car traveled 2,600 miles, I think, mm-hmm. uh, in the prototype class, and they're about uh, they were about eight to ten seconds a lot faster than we were. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't I, I don't have a calculator, so I I don't know we can't calculate how how many miles we did, but it's uh you know somewhere between 2,000 and t- 2,300 miles, I would say. That's pretty good. Now, you've won Daytona five times, correct? Yeah, five five overall wins and one class win. Wow, okay. And then the class win was what? Probably in a GT class and a 911 style Porsche? Yep, exactly. Okay. And you're very partial to Porsche. Would that be a fair statement? 
<laughs> I think that's a safe. <laughs> Being affiliated with Brumos up there at Jacksonville in our own backyard. That's great. Now, yeah. tell us a little bit how you got started. It was kind of an interesting story because we, we talked about that a little bit, too. How'd well, you get into when racing? I, when what I got... graduated from, uh, from high school, I uh, got a Corvette, and uh, I went down to college in Florida with a, with a Corvette. So, of course, you know, teenager and, and wants to go fast. So I used to race that in uh, autocrosses. So they would set these autocrosses up in, in local uh, Winn-Dixie parking lots, and we would go at it. So one weekend I was there, and Peter Gregg, who I really didn't know at that point at all, um, ran his uh, big, big, uh, you know, racing truck with the race car and unloaded the race car, and he wanted to go test something that he was going to use the next weekend. So to make a long story short, he and I uh, tied for the fastest uh, time, and we had a runoff, and I beat him. And he came up to me and he said, you know, you got to be pretty good to beat me. And he invited me back. To, his wife was cooking dinner and, and went back to his house and had some barbecue. And, and we we became friends. And um, I went to, with him to races, uh, kind of worked on the crew. And uh, in the meantime, sort of prepping my dad to help, uh, help me get started in racing. So Peter and I formulated a... Uh, a proposal. I went to my dad, gave him the proposal. He thought it was good, so he gave me a two-year window. He said, I'll, I'll help support it for two years. If you're not successful in two years to continue on at the same level, then you have to go do something more reasonable. So, as they say, the rest is history. So I, I was uh, really in the right place at the right time meeting Peter, because he was really instrumental in, in getting me going and headed in the right direction. Now, was he involved in Brumos pretty heavily back then? He, he owned Brumos. Oh, he owned um, Brumos he, at that yeah, time. Okay. Peter owned Brumos, and uh, Brumos was a powerhouse in racing. He Peter uh, won seven IMSA championships um, with uh, with with Porsche, and I drove with him uh, two times, uh, um, winning the twenty four hours of Daytona. So he was my teammate twice in the five wins that I've got there. Now you both you were racing Porsches back then, or were you in BMWs there at one point? Well, he, I, when he was racing in BMW, I was racing for another team in a Porsche, and then we had made an agreement um, that I would race two races in the in uh, the races that he was doing with the BMW. So I think I drove it at Sebring and at Watkins Glen. With the two, those were the two places that needed a co-driver, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and that did not conflict in the series that I was running. I was running a Trans Am car, a Porsche 934 and a half, and a Trans Am for Vashik Polak from the West Coast. So they didn't they didn't uh, conflict. So I was able to do that. So that was uh, that was my foray with BMW two races in '77. Did um, so then the now the 934 and a half. That's. Uh, was that a tube chassis car? The 935 is a tube chassis car. Was the 934 is a tube? No, no the, uh, the 935 was not a ch- tube chassis. That was a platform car. Now, there were, there were versions of that car that were tube chassis. Uh, um, John Paul made a tube chassis car, and I think one of the other t- Oh, Aiken. Bob Aiken. Bob Aiken's. Made, made a tube chassis. That was a Coca-Cola car. So those those cars were tube chassis, but basically the, the fastest of those cars, and we have Peter's Peter's last championship car, uh, was uh, based off of a, off the regular production platform. Okay. Now Brumos also has it. You have we're just you kind of go in that direction. Now you guys have a museum up there with some of the uh, race cars that uh, that Brumos has raced over the last uh, 25, 30 years, right? Yep. That's. Correct. Now the dealership started out as Brundage, right? Is that what it was until the early yeah. mid sixties? Yeah. Uh, Jan Brundage uh, owned it. He was the importer for uh, Volkswagen on the west coast or on the east coast mm-hmm. uh, or the southeast coast, and uh, uh, he was uh, doing a, a great job. And unfortunately, he was killed in a motorcycle accident. And uh, Peter came in, and Peter was in. Uh, the Navy down here uh, as a naval officer, and when he got out of the Navy, he this this whole thing kind of transpired, and he bought the dealerships from Jan Brundage's uh, wife, and um, that was uh, 1965, I think, and then immediately started racing 
um, Porsches 911s, won, won a, a, G, a Trans Am uh, two-liter championship in 67, I think that was, and that's when I met Peter in 67. And then we started racing um, m- with myself in 1969, and then I I got drafted, went to Vietnam for a year for all of 70, and then came back, and Peter and I started full-time racing in 71 again. Where did the name Brumos come from? Brumos was the cable address for Brundage Motors. Oh, really? Yep. Cable at You mean as in terms of, like, telex? Yep, cable. Yeah, back then they, they didn't have <laughs> access, so it was a cable address, and the oh, interesting. cable address was Brundage, Brundage Motors. I got gotcha. you. Okay. And uh, so then during the uh, 80s, 90s, uh, um, you were fairly active there. And uh, what was the last year that you won the overall race at Daytona? Uh, the last time I won Daytona overall was uh, seven. It uh, was 91, and Le Mans was 94. That's right, yeah, you raced at Le Mans. So and, uh, I, I haven't been back to Le Mans since 94, so I, I you know, there was a while there when Porsche didn't have a car that could win, they were basically concentrating on the class wins with the with the 911 chassis, and I just didn't want to go to Le Mans to run a a, a class-winning car, so my I basically stopped in 1994. Would that been a 962? Is that what the last car you raced in? Uh, 962, yep. Okay. And uh, now, you know, you've, you, what is your take on, you know, driving the prototype cars versus, let's say, like the uh, GT cars? I mean, uh, is there a different preparation? Is there the same amount of preparation that goes in this to those cars? I mean, obviously, the prototype cars are faster. Um, is, what's it like when you're in that class with those other cars? I mean, give us a sense of you, the driver, your perspective on it. Well, from from the aspect of... You know, preparation, I think you have to prepare both, whether you're preparing a GT car or a Daytona prototype. You have to do everything absolutely right, 100%. So that remains pretty pretty much the same. As far as the preparation from personal uh, preparation for the race, you know, that's pretty intense. You, 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 you do workout, you do all those kind of things. Physically, the GT car is not quite as physically taxing to drive as, as the prototypes were, but driving them is much more busy. You're much more, there's a lot more movement in the car, so you're working your hands more. Uh, you're just doing more of a, like a cardio workout in the car versus a strength um, maneuver with the, with the DP cars. So physically, you're able you know, to do two-hour shifts without a big problem where a two-hour shift in a, in a, a DP car would, would tire you out. Um, so, but the, you know, they're race cars and you have to be right at the, you know, the top of the, of the heap and you can get that with one preparation and two, uh, mental and physical preparation on the driver's side too. So he, he doesn't, he has the ability to remain a hundred percent for the duration of the stint, however long that might be. Now, um, I can relate a little bit, a little bit to um, club racing and, and uh, vintage racing. When you, when we're on a vintage racetrack or when we're club racing, we're kind of racing against other cars. But when you're racing in a GT car or a prototype car, are you racing against somebody else or are you racing for yourself against the clock and trying to win? In other words, do you just kind of like block out the other guy and just focus on winning the race and just stay in communication with the, with the, with the team? Would that be a fair statement? No, that's uh, you know that would be a fair statement um, ten years ago or fifteen years ago or, or really when I started racing and, and during the seventies and eighties and early nineties that was pretty much the call. You ran to a very disciplined pace and you didn't worry about what anybody else was doing. You just really ran like clockwork. But nowadays the the race cars and the teams are so good that they don't break. You know they're just really reliable. And you got a, you know, your only really incidents that happen is pretty much driver error. It's it's not mechanical anymore. It's when the drivers make a mistake and run into somebody or run into something solid that breaks something, and and then you've got to f- take the time to fix it. The, the the guys that win these races are the ones that, you know, stay out of the pits uh, except for routine ma- maintenance. And if they do make a pit stop, that the team. Uh, has the ability to fix the problem in a hurry. 
uh, if anybody watched the races and watched what Ganassi was doing when when he had to make the gear change, they for some unknown reason they got the gearing wrong, so they didn't figure that out until once the race started, and they had to make a stop to change the the gear cluster to put the right gears in. Well, you know that's normally uh, you know a pretty lengthy change, and they did it within you know one and a half laps, I think, you know, with under five minutes. So it was really incredible. So that's what you need. You need that kind of ability to do it. And and the races nowadays are really, they're like one-hour, 24, 24 one-hour sprint races. You just drive as hard as you can go for, this, for the duration of a tank of gas, stop, put on new tires, fill up the gas tank, and go back and run 100% for the next hour and 10 minutes and how often do you do a driver change you do well you do usually the drivers do two stints so that would be like a two-hour deal or two hours and 20 minutes okay and then and, you and that that could change based on yellows and that kind of stuff but that that's pretty much what we were doing during during this race now this new uh, porsche that you were driving the 911 is it a r is that what it, or no what was it, it would it be a gt uh, 911 gt3 cup GT3 cup car. Now, does that did that have the PDK transmission in it, or was that a stick shift, a regular no, six speed? No, uh, we don't. We don't. Have, modern race cars don't have stick shifts anymore. This okay. is the it's a qu- sequential shifting. So okay. it's just one lever that comes out, and you just touch the lever, you pull it back, and it engages the gear. So you have flat shifting. You don't lift off the throttle, and it 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 you know when the lever senses pressure on it it momentarily retards the engine so the gear will go in so it's very very quick shifting like a motorcycle mm-hmm. so do you like that now compared to the old days yeah it's great it's really super way to do it so and, and basically all the race cars now have that sequential shifting so that's pretty much like what the production car has because I, I was over at reeves here not too long ago and they let me drive a uh, new 911s and it had I, they referred to it as a pdk transmission but it was basically well, a paddle the, shifter the, well, the PDK transmission uh, is is a is an automatic transmission. Oh, okay. That, that, that you and there's no clutch, so you don't um, you don't have a you, do, you don't have any clutch problems. And, and but the, with the Porsche, once you put the clutch in and get the car into gear, then you really don't use the clutch. Oh, um, okay. Except when you're coming into the pits and going out of the pits, it's the only two times you really use the clutch. Of all the tracks that you raced here in the United States, which ones uh, do you kind of? You're probably partial to Daytona because that's your kind of like your home field. Yeah, that, um, I, I love Daytona. That's a great place. My my favorite, really, my other than Daytona, it would be Watkins Glen. Uh, Watkins Glen is just a a really uh, historic racetrack. It's a classic racetrack. It's very fast. It's got fast turns on. It. It's up and down. A lot of elevation changes. So that's really a, a, a wonderful racetrack. Barber is also good. That's where we, I run. I'm the chief instructor of the Porsche Sport Driving School there, so I'm I'm there quite a bit, and that's a very another really special place. That's uh, brand new. It's it's only five years old, or no? Let's see. We moved there in 2003, so it's more than five years. That's. And that's just outside of Alabama, uh, Birmingham, right? Birmingham, yeah, Alabama. It's the right. Okay. It's you know basically 15 minutes from the airport. Okay. What about uh, Laguna Seca? What do you think of that? Yeah, Laguna Laguna is also nice. Um, I haven't had a lot of really great success at Laguna, but it's 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 uh, got a nice flow to it. It's uh, fun. You know, it's a fun track track to run on, and the and the area is really great. You know, I love that Northern California is really great. Okay. What about now? Tell us a little bit about Le Mans. What was what's Le Mans like? Well, Le Mans is a spectacular race. I mean, they get you know three hundred thousand people, and the racetrack is eight over eight miles long. The straightaway is four miles long, and you can run. You know, I've driven many cars there that have top speeds of well over two hundred miles an hour. The fastest I've ever been there was two hundred and forty plus miles an hour, and it's just a, it's a place that's got a lot of history to it. Uh, movies were made about Le Mans. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's just a really cool place. And, and it's, I am better known in Europe um, because of my three Le Mans wins than I am in the United States by a long shot. I mean, I, I walk down the street in, 
in Paris and people will come up and ask for my autograph. Uh, in, in the United States, you know, I'm pretty much incognito except at a racetrack. So, um, you know, it, it's a special that way. In Europe, you know, in Europe, it's, it's kind of like the equivalent of winning the Daytona 500 or, or the Indy 500. In, in, uh, those people in America that win those races are, are well known because they're so well publicized. But in Europe, um, you know, you win Le Mans, and that's much more important than winning the uh, Daytona 500 or the Indy 500 because of the mentality that the Europeans have t- toward towards uh, uh, sports car racing or road road racing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, over there. now, so basically, it would be fair to say then that uh, Le Mans is like the racetrack, the race that all road race drivers aspire to win. Is that pretty much the the case? Yeah, I would say that that. You know that uh, is a is a resume maker when you put your name uh, at the top of the list of the of the Le Mans ranks. You know I'm often asked what what's the difference. You know which one I think is harder to win, Le Mans or Daytona. I think Daytona is harder to win than Le Mans is, but it's it, it's uh, it's still a great race, and it's just a, it's it's very important. If a it's from a manufacturer standpoint, Le Mans is the most important race in the world. Um, from the marketing standpoint and the ability to, you know, market their cars, it's just a really important race to, to win overall there. Um, back to Daytona real quick. Um, what was it like driving on a new surface? What was your what was your impression of the new track, the resurfaced track and everything? Yeah, the new the new track is uh, spectacular. The the resurfacing job they've done is uh, amazing. There's no bumps. Uh, there's just a tremendous amount of grip. Uh, the 500 is going to be just awesome to watch that because the cars are going to be able to run three and four breasts coming coming off of uh, four. I mean, it's going to really be be uh, sensational, and they'll be able to execute passes in places that they've never been able to pass before because of you know the slip angle that you had to deal with. So, a lot of the nuances of of getting around somebody are is now gone. You know, you used to. I mean, I've got. You know, 40 years on that track, I knew every every angle, every slip angle that there was through the corners, and now everybody just sits in the line that they choose, and they're not they're not worrying about going sideways. So it's uh, it's going to put a whole new twist on the race. But the the bottom line is, it's going to be better racing, and uh, I think it's going to eliminate some of the reasons why people had accidents there, uh, slipping into each other, getting somebody loose because. They're loose and and uh, it causes a bad a bad result and now now everybody's just going to be you know hunkered down and going so it's going to be good. Well, I can say that I've I've been going to Daytona since uh, 1977. It was the first time I went to a 24-hour race and I think I attended one NASCAR race, which was the Firecracker 400. But I I'm just amazed at the evolution of Daytona. You know how it's just improved over the last. 35 years or so, you know, and of course I've been going to swap meets forever over there, and uh, so it's, it's a pretty interesting track. I mean, I really like it, and of course it's it's world-renowned, and uh, and uh, it's great that uh, you had a chance to come on our radio show, talk about it a little bit. Uh, I got a couple minute warning here, so we got a couple, maybe a minute or two left, but what I would like to do is thank you for coming on the show, and we didn't get to cover all the points that I wanted to get into, because I wanted to, I had a whole bunch of questions I wanted to ask you, but would you be willing to come on again sometime and uh, elaborate on some other uh, stuff about racing, Daytona, and some of the other racetracks, and Porsches, and um, stuff like that? Would you be... Uh... Sure, yeah. Okay, cool. Hey, real quick, what'd you, you were at the Detroit Auto Show. Was the uh, 918 RSR up there? Yeah, that's a supercar. You know, there's no real place. I think they did it just to to show that they could do something like that and and uh, give uh, some alternative energy um, thinking to to propel the car. But it's there's no real place for that car to race. But it's really revolutionary in, in its concept. But it looks cool. It's it's very rem- reminiscent of the 917. Um, so it's uh, you know hopefully racing organizations will create. The classes that the manufacturers will be able to showcase cars like that, because uh, you know eventually our production cars are going to have some of that technology in them. So it's at least the first step in that in that uh, effort to get that car into a racetrack. That's super. 
All right, Hurley. Well, I want to thank you for coming on the radio show tonight, and uh, hopefully I'll see you at some of the races, and uh, definitely I'll see you at some of the vintage races and stuff like that. So in the meantime, you take care. Thanks a lot. And uh, everybody else, thanks for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Be sure and tune in next week. we got our new time now, 8 o'clock on Wednesdays, okay? So we're just – it's the same station, same time – or same day, but it's an hour later, okay? So tell your friends, and be sure to uh, – oh, yeah, we're all going over to Naughty Nancy's here in a little bit for Open Mic Night, okay? And I want to say thanks to all my guests and uh, thanks to my sponsors. And uh, we'll see you next week. Stay safe. This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. As most of you know, I'm in the car business, and often I need cars towed. Well, Kotakis Towing has all the trucks and equipment to meet your needs. Whether it's long distance, short distance, or just around the corner, they can get it done. Kotakis Towing, located at 1141 Court Street in Clearwater. Also, they have a full-service repair and body shop to meet all your automotive needs. So give my friends Lefty and Joey a call at Kotakis Towing at 727-447-1952. And be sure to mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and you might get a discount.